Oh, yeah, he does say that a lot. He says it all the time, or he says fair. Like, now that I've said it, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna Mm. hear it all the time. It's like he doesn't, it's what he says when he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't have a response, it's that he didn't care enough to really listen to what you were saying. It's a default. It's like, um, the pre-programmed things in your action figure. What would the pre-programmed thing in your action figure say? Snappy comeback. (laughs) That's, that's a good one. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it would probably say something like, hey, <laughs> Really not, good night, everybody. No, that's in Austin's. It's got to be trademarked to Austin. I wish I couldn't give him credit for things, but he makes it harder and harder as he starts pulling his weight. And being a good human. Ugh, it's disgusting. Ugh, such, such disgusting things. Hey, I figured out something kind of interesting. I'll be the judge of that. Well, interesting for our friendship, at least. Oh. Round-trip flights from Dallas to New York are, like, almost $200 cheaper than Seattle. Really? Yeah. Huh. I was doing research on just, like, under $200 flights, and Dallas to New York is one of them. No way. It was just more a curiosity thing, because sometimes I get really depressed and... I'm like, I'm stagnant. Let me look at places I'm not going. So that will definitely foster the sense of loneliness in my soul. <laughs> Ever had yeah, that? Yeah, been there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, today, all day, the entire day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you responded to my message today saying you were thinking about going away for a month. Where would you go? Montana. Yeah. It's go where your chill heart at is. the lake. Yeah. yeah. At, I mean, at the very least, a month probably possibly all fall um kind of like we were gonna do in maine oh yeah um but and just sublet nope do you think you're not gonna renew your lease i don't i don't think so i don't know really what brought that on it's eighteen hundred dollars a month (laughs) yeah no i get that but do you not think you'd return to new york or um under the right circumstances, I think we would, but it really depends on how the next couple months go and how this pilot project goes, and that's really going to determine a lot of it. But even if we do come back, like we're we're going to have to get a one bedroom or a studio. Like, there's just this this two bedroom shit we can't afford anymore. So, yeah, I mean we could never really afford it, but it's. It's especially hard when you just you don't have the time to live life and you're paying all this money for a fucking apartment that feels like a cage because you're working so much that you don't do anything else. Well, yeah, I was about to say it's like hard to pay all that money for a place that you don't even really get to enjoy, like being home because mm-hmm. you're so stressed out. Yeah. I get that. So we're talking about... Um, Going back in August briefly, and then coming back, having about two weeks left in the city, and then driving back and being on the lake for like September, October, November, come home for December to Billings. Mm-hmm. Um, and just Courtney's got a job waiting for her, working for Lexi um, with uh, Florence Coffee. Oh, nice. And I just 
find an off-season bar that is busy and say, hey, you want a bartender? And they'll say no. And I'll say, great, I'll answer surveys online. Um, and just write and do yoga and not have to pay rent for a little while and not be fucking miserable. That sounds so. like a good idea, except that you being miserable thing. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, I just... <sighs> very, very tired of... We both hate our jobs. Courtney's being outright abused in her job and um, just like recklessly taking advantage of the, her contract and the nebulous nature of our employment. And oh, that reminds me, I got to call the Department of Labor. <laughs> I'm going to be doing some anonymous tipping because there's some... Oh, yeah, it's it's that bad. Like, I'm going to tip off the IRS and the Department of Labor because this company is full of people who spout a lot of liberal ideology but really don't give a shit about anyone. Yeah. So I'm... <sighs> so it was a much-needed respite this Saturday when I entered into the dark and comforting embrace of the Alamo Draft House located in Brooklyn. Ah, uh, I know that Alamo Draft House. You do know that Alamo Draft House. I feel like this is um, a good time to warn people, one, that this is going to be a podcast very similar to the one that we did right after that adventure to the Alamo Draft House, and two, there's going to be like full-on spoilers, right? Spoilers! Spoilers! It's like so, you left the fridge open because everything's about to get spoiled. So keep that fridge door open and tune in for some spoilers. But I like to think that the people who listen to our show probably saw Wonder Woman opening weekend. Yeah, and if not, you should probably go see it. I, I think this was my face for a majority of Wonder Woman. The hands really sell that. Yeah. Our yeah. audience can't see it, but yeah, I, it was I understand. gleeful. <laughs> I, it, was, it was just imagine the happiest person that ever there was, and that was me just now. <laughs> um, uh, it was, it, there was a really great post on Facebook actually yesterday that I think properly encapsulates my feelings, which was my friend saying, I get now why guys are so self-assured and kind of pompous because after one female superhero movie that was good, I'm just like, earrings off, let's go. <laughs> yep. It's, it was very uplifting. As a woman, it was very <laughs> uplifting. <laughs> it was super great to see. Um, I think as a DC fan, it was also really, it was really uplifting. <laughs> Yeah, it was a tasteful merger of multiple... I mean, they've, they've had a hard time reconciling Wonder Woman's origin and having a consistent Wonder Woman in the comics for decades. Mm -hmm. But this felt fairly... Canagogical? Canagogical? It felt like it this, was canon. This was the canon. It really felt like this is... The Wonder Woman story. Um, and I think that kind of led to the movie feeling slightly divided at points, like Amazon, Paradise Island. I think we, we may have spent just a little too much time in Paradise Island for my taste, personally. But 
without being all over the place and without being a jack-of-all-trades, all-things-to-all-peoples movie, it was a really tight script with very few places to trim fat, which was a pleasant surprise because I'm so tired of meandering, terrible DCEU scripts. Um, this was a massive improvement. Um, the The screenwriter is openly gay, and I don't think he's getting uh, nearly enough credit for doing a really great job. I don't. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I mean, like what we really need to acknowledge is is people that uh, that are homosexual can write too. Exactly. I think I think we just we don't we don't acknowledge that. Right. Nobody ever. Uh... Well, I was just going to make an Oscar Wilde joke. I was going to make a like Truman a... Capote joke. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Everyone just knows Oscar Wilde from his endeavors in sports. <laughs> Everyone knows Truman Capote as just a really great stenographer in a court case. <laughs> oh, man. But Wonder Woman was really delightful. There were... Um, my, my biggest thing was that the supporting characters were all a little bit flat compared to her and and Steve Trevor, just because they were so good. Well, they were so good, and they had so much time. And I think my my that my biggest complaint is that the supporting cast was a little... There were no real standouts for me besides oh really? the two leads. I thought Elena Anaya was pretty good as Dr. Maru. But I would say, honestly, I thought uh, Connie Nielsen and Robin Wright did a really good job with the like four, three, four scenes that they were given. Yeah, Robin Wright, I felt, was wasted. Like, you don't get Robin Wright and then get rid of her ten minutes into the movie. I mean, they had to make us really want her to leave that island. But she, we didn't. I didn't personally think we had enough time with Robin Wright to care about Robin Wright's death. All right. Like, you know, to me, A, they didn't establish well enough that that was her aunt. <laughs> Not just the lady who trained her, but that's her aunt. That's her... That's, um, Hippolyta's sister. Um, See, I, got, I felt like I got that. But, I mean, that also might be because I knew it. But right. I guess, for me, it's hard to go into that. I should ask someone who, like, doesn't know right. the comics. Because, for me, it didn't seem like... Like, she's like, you betrayed me. You're my sister. And it's like, yep, yep. But it, was, it was just the context of sister in an Amazonian society. Mm. It wasn't... Like, you are my literal sister, right? It was just like, we're guess, all sisters, you know? I guess for me, in that shot, when they're doing the kind of, uh, the the origin story of why they're on this island, and the fact that Hippolyta and her sister are just, like, in the, they're in the front, I guess for me, that felt like enough. Just like, they were together, they were in tandem when they were fighting against Ares. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's fair. I, I'll say, you know, my sister who went with me had no background yeah. in the comics at all. She had no idea that that was her actual sister. And especially since Wonder Woman never referred to her as her aunt, I really wanted to see more Robin Wright just in general. But I also can see from a narrative standpoint, there was, if, if no one's going to leave the island, there's only so much you can bring to the island before you risk... I don't know, the destruction of the island. And we got to save that for future movies. True. I would say there were a few people for me that I was impressed with. I think 
I was super surprised by how much I liked Chris Pine. Like, yeah, right? Because I'm not a huge Chris Pine fan. I don't have, see anything wrong with him, but like in the Star Trek franchise, I see him as a weaker role than mm-hmm. a lot of. I mean, and that's hard because you've got some really good heavy hitters and some of my favorite actors. Like, I, in general, will say anyone is lesser than Carl Urban because I feel like every franchise needs Carl Urban at some point. I'm surprised he is not yet in a superhero movie. He will be this fall, Thor Ragnarok. I know. It made me very happy. Um, <laughs> but it took them long enough. Right. But, so, <laughs> once again, this podcast dedicated to Carl Urban. Carl! Uh, <laughs> so, so, I was super surprised about my like of of his depiction of Steve Trevor I was really unsure especially that first scene I was kind of like okay how's this gonna go but I think he really he was he was a good mixture and also his SNL performance was just so so bad and so really my I had like bare minimum expectation from him I was like if he's better than Jared Leto in Suicide Squad I can I can deal with this but (laughs) Um, but so yes, I was very I was very impressed by him. I was really impressed by Ewan Bremmer, mm-hmm. uh, who was the Scottish. Uh, oh God, let me look his name up. He played Charlie, right? In her crew, I thought he just he. I mean, I've seen I saw him in uh, Train Spotting, mm-hmm. but like I hadn't really seen him in much, and so I was pleasantly surprised by him. I kind of I was glad honestly, that Samir, Charlie, and the Chief were all cast by people that weren't, like, relatively known. I agree that it wasn't the, it wasn't super vibrant, but something about that definitely connected me to, like, Rogue One a little bit. It felt, it could, it, they should have been more fleshed out to be successful right. on it, but that, there was something about it that I did feel a little bit of affection for. And I think we've got the same problem that we have in Rogue One, which is you can introduce a character and have them be a little, maybe look interesting or have one thing about them that's interesting or say one interesting thing. And it's enough from the standpoint of franchise filmmaking because this is based on a comic book property. If they want to bring these characters back, they'll do it in the comics, and then they'll flush them out there for the fan who gravitated towards that little kernel of whatever. Same with um, Rogue One. There's going to be a K2SO comic coming out that's um, uh, coming out in the fall with um, Cassian and K2's adventures. Uh, that'll. I will be. Wa- I will be reading. Yeah, that. that'll be great. I will be watching that from and afar. And that's and that's a great example of fleshing out someone who actually did have something fleshed out about them. But like, I didn't know Charlie or the Chief or Samir well enough to to feel like they were like I'm. I'm not that interested in following them into another film, especially the bar scene. Like the way they were introduced. Mm-hmm. I oh god, it was so I. Oof. It was one of the few moments in the movie where I was like, this isn't gelling. This is not, it's, I don't know if, like, what's his name? Um, Samir had that beautiful line and that wonderful moment about how he wanted to be an actor. And he's just doing what he has to and we're all fighting our own battles. That was great. But everything up until and before that, I was like, and... I'm not invested in you. It's like... Okay, the guy named Samir has a fez on. 
The Scottish guy is literally wearing a kilt. kilt. And then the guy, he's called Chief. They don't even give him a name. They just call him Chief. Maybe maybe they were just really into One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, they were just like, yeah. That worked for them. It should work I, for yeah. us. And like, okay, he did, he did speak Blackfoot to her, right? I know they went for some authenticity, but they all came across as... In the kindest light, an homage to old filmmaking and how non-white races were depicted. But it, it, I mean, they weren't as, like, blasé as, say, Etta Candy, but it was still sort of, eh. Yeah. Eh. And I think the problem is, in another movie where you didn't have Chris and Gal doing such a tremendous job, they wouldn't have looked so bad by comparison. If you had leads that were a little yeah. more on their level, you'd have been like, oh, okay, it's just, it's just kind of fun. All right, it's, it's so it's whatever. But because she took her yeah. role so seriously and She's performed so it, I think, flawlessly, because there was no, there, there was no, uh, you know, trolls on the internet, oh, it's going to be man-hating, it's going to be all girl power, it's going to be annoying. There was none of that. Like it was the on, it was portraying the honest reality of what it would be like if you just never encountered a man before, like in person. Like just yeah. none of the preconceived, uh, none of the gender constructs, just point A to point B, reasonable person, and then another reasonable person reacting to this other person's reality and reconciling that through the whole film. And it was played so honestly that I don't know how anybody could be disappointed with the way their dynamic and the overall arc of the story played out. Um, I agree. Spoiler, though. Uh, were you surprised by Steve Trevor dying? I wasn't surprised that he died. I was surprised that it was basically Captain America. <laughs> oh my god! I was talking earlier to someone and we were discussing that it is basically the same thing. But... I was surprised he died in this one. I thought they would wait and he would, uh, like, and there would be some sort of, uh, I mean, I guess now that I think about it, the whole, they really carried over with the Peggy thing, but he was such a, he was, he was around. Like, there was, there was more to him. I, I, I definitely did a little research before I went and saw the movie and was, I've been reading The Secret Life of Wonder Woman, so you get to hear about a lot of what made Wonder Woman Wonder Woman and the different players that were involved in it and how much it was embedded in, like, the suffragette movement and in, like, uh, teaching birth control to women who had more than eight children because they kept dying because they were having so many children. And so it was just really interesting. They really got to this heart of this old world feminism that I was really excited about but Steve Trevor is such a pivotal part in those original comics that I was sort of surprised they killed him I know that there wasn't really a way to bring it out of that but I kind of just thought it was going to be that he died and she had to move on because it's sort of like how Captain America wakes up and everything has happened and he's still the same but with her she's She's a god, so yeah. or a good killer. It would have been sad, I think, to watch them grow. Well, to watch him grow old and her move on. Um, it's a different kind of tragedy because she never even got to try to have that life with him. Yeah. But I think I think here's the problem with comic book movies in general. 
mm-hmm. outside Tell of me. Batman and Superman, the general public knows a lot of heroes, but as far as their supporting cast goes or their main villains, mm-hmm. like stop somebody on the street who's just seen Wonder Woman and ask them if they know who Cheetah is. Chances are it's going to be a no. And until this movie, most people didn't know who Steve Trevor was. Like, they're not in the general populace's mind the same way Batman, Superman, The Flash, Green Lantern, um, you know, Iron Man, Hulk, Wolverine. Like, you know the heroes, but for most of them, like, who's Iron Man's greatest nemesis in the comics? It depends. Himself. (laughs) Exactly. Like, and he's, and I think... Unless you have a Joker or a General Zod or something like that, especially if they've been in multiple movies, the general public's not really aware of them. And so while you and I look at Steve Trevor as the integral part of Wonder Woman that he is to the general populace, and even to people who probably worked on the film, he's interesting, but... Steve Trevor's not going to necessarily get butts in seats. There's not going to be people showing up with Steve Trevor t-shirts on. There's not going to be people with Steve Trevor tattoos. What? Like, they're there for Wonder Woman. I know, right? I, I, mean, I that, my chest piece now is really embarrassing. That pine tree? That Chris pine tree? <laughs> that was good. The, the smut in this film was pretty tasteful. It's when um, I went to the bathroom. Oh, yeah? You missed it. I was, well, when they started dancing, I was like, yeah, um... I'm good. <laughs> They're building it so we care that you die. That right, was when I figured right. out he was going to die. And I was like, ah. So someone else postured a theory that you can bring back Robin Wright and Chris Pine if you go with a Hades uh, Tartarus angle in the mm-hmm. sequel. And then mm-hmm. as much time can pass as you want. And you can have uh, an Amazon who comes back and is pissed and wants to lead a charge against man's world. And you can have uh, an Amazonian war, which could be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get uh, Steve Trevor in modern day. He'll have to adjust for, you know, the last hundred years. Like another but, Steve we know. Right? But he'll figure it out. And uh, Jobs. We're talking about Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah, that poor man. He was. He never understood the modern technologies. Clearly not. Did you watch the Apple Expo today? Ugh. They're still they're still just floundering. I don't need a new size iPad Pro. It's just, just fix my computer. I'm sorry, I didn't watch it. No, no, I was busy I. walking twelve miles today. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. yeah, it's something I did, although my back is like kinked out now. So we're twins. We're twins. Uh can we talk about the two bads? Sure. Or I guess we have three, but like, I feel like Dr. Morrow, she's not in it enough, really, for it to be like, huge. I liked that they used her as the moral choice at the end of it. No, Mm -hmm. she was interesting. Yeah. I mean, she was interesting, but she was also like, she was fine. Like, there wasn't anything. I I liked that they chose it to be a woman because of the fact that you have a really strong female hero, but I felt like it was, and I think the, the, uh, the partnership then between her and Danny Houston's character. Yeah. Ludendorff. Ludendorff, yeah. Uh, I think that was good. I think that like worked with her being a woman. Um, but I didn't really think like a whole 
ton about her. But so yeah, the two the two big bads are Danny Houston, which we learned from the trailer, right. and Spoiler twist. Up. David Thewlis of uh, Harry Potter Lupin, fame. how could you? Lupin! But I have to say, I fucking loved that he was... Uh, that he... No. He, uh, I, uh, he, yeah, I fucking loved that he was the bad guy. Yeah. No, he did, he did a like, great job. I... I felt like the prolonging of the armistice kind of took away the urgency a little bit. Like, yeah. if Armistice was, wasn't even on the table, and at the end it seemed like, oh, now we can have an Armistice, um, it it sort of, I don't know, it kind of demaguffined the stopping of the, of the gas. Yes, they wanted to save all those lives, but that's not as clear a goal as yeah. we're ending the war or whatever. It's like, oh, no, the Armistice is coming. Don't, don't even worry about it. It's going to be fine. Uh, just chill, guys. Hang out here in London. We're like signing stuff. It's great. But I, I kind of wish that they'd been in coots with Ares a little more overtly, if only to have a stake in Ares earlier in the film instead of her just talking about him and us assuming or inferring that it's Ludendorff. I never thought it was. Well, no, Ludendorff. of course not. Especially, I mean, the only line they tried to to restore your power. Um, when he's doing the little nose, you know, when he's taking a bump. See, for me, that was like totally, that w- is what made me think, oh, he's definitely not Yeah, Aries. right there. They were trying to Because he's not going to fucking need this. Yeah, right? But I, I, I really, I'm torn because I really like the idea that Aries just whispers in men's ears. That was mm-hmm. beautiful. That was very good yeah. writing. I was like, yes, that is, war is just preying on the hatred in our hearts that's already there it's just little whispers just little pulling on threads um that was great but at the same time i was way less invested when aries showed up because we hadn't seen him no one else had talked about him it had gotten to the point where you're like is she crazy yeah like i I, it's not that you know i needed to be on her side or have evidence to support the belief it's just that once he finally showed up, because she'd just been talking about him so much and we hadn't seen anything fantastical outside of her, I was like, eh, I'm not, I'm not really that interested in him. And then he started going. And when he just did the little mirror trick, disappearing in the reflections, I was like, oh shit, girl, you're in trouble now. And then when the fight got all Snydery and dark, um, yep. still didn't ruin it for me. I was like... Yes, I saw Ares, a little bit of Diablo Ares. in that. Yes, totally. Right? 100%. Like, which I liked that in Suicide Squad when Diablo went full on, like, God, I believe is uh, uh, your favorite trailer reviewer, says Grace Randolph. She was like, he goes full God. Yeah, I definitely, when you said Diablo, did not think of Diablo from Suicide Squad, but Diablo, the popular video game franchise from Blizzard Entertainment. But yes, oh. both work in this case. <laughs> Um, but I liked that. I liked that part a lot. And, um, I do love the, I was discussing this earlier as well. 
the flashback to when he's on the ground and it's just him. It's not like, like there was this idea of maybe he was just tra- taking over someone's body. Yep. It's like, it's nope. Like, nope that's, he, he just had that great mustache when he like. fell from, from grace. He's that like, was this is totally in fashion. This mustache, this is a hundred percent. Although like, I'm pretty period. sure they CGI'd his, uh, his oh, yeah. chest region. He's, he's a respected British actor. He doesn't give a shit I was about like, that. David. <laughs> David, it's like Khan in the uh, original Star Trek. Oh yeah, uh, same amount of glistening going on too. I know, right? But like, I have to say, him having that mustache just a laugh riot. I um, wish they'd given him a. But full it was beer great, and just gone more Greek with it. But yeah, no, he was he was criminally underutilized. I yeah, hope that he's not really gone or that he starts whispering to Wonder Woman at some point in the future. He's so weakened mm. that he's just, he's feeding hate in her heart. <laughs> Not to make another Harry Potter reference, but like a Quirrell, uh, Voldemort. Totally. Pairing. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so question. Did you always say Voldemort or did you recently start doing that after? Ch- always said Voldemort. Really? You just knew that it was a silent T? It was because I, the first book, was read by my fifth grade teacher, and that's how he pronounced it. And that's also why I pronounced Hermione correctly all the time, because I am sure I would not have. I don't believe but you. No, he, no, I did. You can, you can ask Nobody my Nobody said Voldemort. That is such a new thing. I don't believe you. No, I did. Fine. You, it, you, it's fine if you don't believe me, but I, you know, why start lying to you now? Really? Because I'm pretty sure your pugs are just cats in costumes. I mean, it's more that they were born cats, but they they recognize themselves as pugs. So I'm just trying to be a supportive parent. Oh, well, now I'm the asshole. But yeah, so I I fully blame Mr. Thane, my fifth grade teacher. Shout out to him. The Thane of your existence. The Thane of my existence. He, Dan Thane, or no, Dan Rude was my fourth grade teacher. I don't remember his last name, his first name. But, yeah, thanks, Mr. Thane. He also played 1776 in my uh, class, which is why I love 1776. Yeah, move over, Hamilton. I loved that Mr. Feeney was John Adams. I um, didn't realize until uh, relatively recently that he plays the violin is definitely about cunnilingus. Oh my god, I didn't realize I took it very literally. As did I, but uh, it's it's just a little too much on technique. (laughs) Yeah, he tucks it right under his chin and he bowls. Oh, he bowls. Yes, he knows. For he knows. Yes, it's high, 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 diddle, diddle. Yep, yep, that is. Yep. You've just ruined my life. You don't want to know what Sit Down John is about. It's funny. Do you ever listen to things? Did you like ever listen to things as a kid? Did you ever listen to things? Never. Um, I've noticed this in my adult life that I would listen to things so often and to the point that I knew the lyrics, but I knew the lyrics as I heard them. And that wasn't always the actual lyric. And so as an adult, when I've listened to it, I'm like, oh, Okay, that's what they're saying. All right. It is not wrapped up like a douche. 
<laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's specifically for 1776, because there's lots of, like, it's super quick, mm-hmm. especially when John Adams is singing, and I'm just like, oh, he was saying vote yes. All right. Uh, cool. Yeah. I really just thought he was saying he was bored. Yes. No, I, that happens to Courtney a lot. Um, where I'll, I'll yeah, hear her fine, it's a woman song. thing. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying it doesn't happen to me, and, uh, Calm down. You've got Wonder Woman now. There's nothing left for you to be upset about as a woman. Everything is fine. Don't examine anything. It's okay. We'll do. It's okay. We'll do. Good deal. Good deal. Oh, and don't watch Handmaid's Tale. I hear it's terrible. I actually am I'm probably the only person I know that is not a fan of Handmaid's Tale. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't watched um, it yet. I was being sarcastic. Um, no, actually, I talked to Courtney about it because I just watched some of it when I was in New York. Mm-hmm. And I just told her, I was like, it's just it's just too much. Like, I can't do it. It's not enjoyable to me. It's just too close to home. It's upsetting. I read the book, and the book jarred me to the point that I didn't sleep very well for a yeah. while. And I get that it was also partly where I was, like, uh, emotionally and physically at that point when I was reading it, which was four years ago. I'm sure you can do some math. There we go. But... It was very upsetting to me, and so the show, very well done, but very upsetting still. It's very upsetting, and I watched, like, I watched the first few episodes. There's just this one scene, though, that I was telling Courtney about, and I'm like, I won't tell you a lot that happens, but it was just how they did it was just, it was just so awful to me, and at that point, I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. Like, I don't want to watch this. It's not that I don't think it's a really good message, and I think it's a really good story and I think Margaret Atwood writes dystopian future like nobody's business and like scarily so but I don't want to like it's not enjoyable to me I am going to start watching American Gods instead okay thanks bye and instead of having uh that sort of depression you can have something inspirational like Wonder Woman you can't see it but I'm twirling I well you're not really twirling you're more pivoting yeah I can't really twirl my back's all fucked up yeah, it's okay. I've cracked my back like six times since we started podcasting. I'll have to edit those noises out. But it's the only way to like get relief for like five seconds. Oof. No, so no. No to Handmaid's Tale for me. You were saying something about the lasso? Oh, I just love that it was a weapon. Right? And it was It was almost like, uh, I guess it was almost like um, Steve Rogers' shield, where on the page you're like, okay... But once you see it live action, you're like, oh, yes, totally got it. That's how you would use that. The lasso, I mean, honestly, hasn't been utilized as much since for the last eh, at least a decade. Wonder Woman pretty much always has a sword and shield. Um, Yeah. Instead of just like the special, oh, you know, shit's getting real when Wonder Woman takes more than her lasso and lipstick when she leaves. She's like armored all the time. And it's so great. I just, yeah. my one, my one thought on Wonder Woman's weapons, accessories, outfit, look, everything, it was perfect. I think the skirt should have been maybe like a couple inches uh, longer, but I agree. Um, just to be truly Greek armor length. Like, if, it's, mm-hmm. if you're going for that, maybe, you know, you can turn that mini into a maxi. But I thought, until Steve jumped in the plane like I knew he would, I was sitting there in the theater thinking, okay, 
how do we get around Steve pulling a, a Steve and flying a plane off in the middle of a world war with a terrible weapon on board? Because that's what guys named Steve just do, I guess. Played um, by guys named Chris. Yes, Steve's played by Chris's. Uh, that'd be a fun sketch. But I thought, what if Wonder Woman flies the plane and the chemicals mix in such a way that the plane becomes, for a brief second, invisible? invisible. <laughs> that would have been that would that would have been great. No, and then she looks and she looks up and she goes, "Hmm." No, my I like that. My guess is she's going to at one point fly Batman's whatever they're going to call his Batplane, or mm-hmm. she'll be flying a, some experimental weapon. She'll have wrestled control for it, and it will be invisible. And for like five seconds, Wonder Woman will be flying an invisible jet, and everyone will go, <laughs> or at least like. 10% of the population will be like, <laughs> So what was your favorite moment in the movie and what was your least favorite moment in the movie? Mm. <sighs> Shit. I do have to say the beach scene with all those women being so fucking badass. Like, that was pretty cool as a woman to see. But, like, I mean, like, and I recognize that that totally comes from, like, it was like seeing 300, but recast with women. That's something that was really cool Down to see for me. Down to the slow-mo me. and the references to Greek art in their postures. Like, it was yeah. totally I bad. mean, they were yeah. just a thing of beauty. Like, a, attractiveness aside, like, they were just, it was awesome. But that's probably not my favorite part. I would say, oh, shit, that, you, you really, you surprised me here. Okay, least favorite then. You can Least favorite thing... The bar scene. Yeah. Like, it was just, it wasn't that great. The bar scene and then, uh, honestly, the scene, I, I liked that the dynamic between Maru and, I'm going to pronounce his name Ludendorff. wrong. Ludendorff, thank you. Uh, I was going to say Frankfurter, that's not the right movie. Uh, Danny Houston's character. I... And I thought he was, he was fine. Like, I liked Danny Houston. Like, I think he did really well actually being a bad guy in American Horror Story a few seasons ago. Like, he was, he was promptly terrifying. Uh, but I didn't really feel like that scene where they go and throw the gas in was really, it, it added a certain dynamic to their partnership, but I, I It was, I was a little like, Saturday morning cartoony. Yeah, I was just like... <laughs> Well, and he's like, and he's like, she was like, the gas mask won't do anything. I know, I know they that, but know they that. don't. Oh. And I was just like, what the fuck? It was like Boris and Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle. We oh, are God. so bad. Yeah, and then also, I mean, closing the door. I get why they did it, but like the dancing wasn't. I guess for me, I watch I watch the superhero movies not for the romance. Yeah, I don't think we've ever really had a great romance in a superhero movie. Oh, not not Hulk and Black Widow? You just, you didn't ship them? Something that just happened, that we were just, it was just thrown at us? Ugh. You were just supposed to accept it? How would that even work, like physically? It just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't. No. Go off to Planet Hulk now. Yeah, get out of here. Go to Thor's movie. No, I think, yeah, it's hard to do superhero romances, like... They all turn into like Rachel Dawes or 
Pepper Potts. And like the oh, only the only one that I think was pretty decent was Mary Jane and Peter Parker in the second original Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I was really afraid that you were going to say Thor and Jane. And I was like, nope. No, no. That's, she that's sucks. Yeah, that doesn't. No. I was actually complaining about that today as well. Things I complain about. Well, and I guess Cappy and Cap, Cappy, hmm, or Stucky. Cappy and Peggy. No, I was going to say Cap and Buck and Bucky um, is oh, a pretty sweet romance. I but, do love their romance. Oh, the love that dare not speak its name. God, their flashbacks just warm my, the cockles of my heart. Um, why don't you tell me what your least favorite part was? And I'll think real hard in this ticker what my favorite part was. Okay. So, similarly, I have nothing but contempt for that bar scene. I was like, this is useless. I don't need a pulling the team together thing. Have him just show up at the docks and he can go, that's this guy, this is this guy, this is this guy. What's that? This guy is a sniper. This guy is, a, uh, you know... A, expert in languages and what's that guy do that guy's got the boat done and then we could just go off together i was like why is this happening it did make me mad but my least favorite was probably the um if it's not that and it's not the dr uh maru uh and ludendorff laughing Austin called it out already on 20 Minutes of Banter, but the, the training montage bits at the very beginning oh, when, yeah. when she's running around and going to go watch everybody practice. It was like, uh, I've seen this so many times, so many times in so many movies. You are forbidden to do this thing. And like, oh, they're going to watch anyways. And oh, it's a secret. That was like, could we have found a little better way to execute this because it was a little too no, no i was i was a little worried for the movie in that early first part i was like i'm i'm concerned that this is going to be a little too paint by numbers superhero movie so that yeah that definitely worried me but those are like the three those are the three big ones that were and none of them are and they're not that the big story. they're not super awful yeah like they're just it's just when compared to other things it was just not as good and i think especially because no, none of them were like story essential i think that's part of what makes them weaker oh, yeah. is like it's not like a battle that gets you further that was kind of okay but it progresses the story those other things were sort of like eh, we're spinning our wheels for a minute because we have to because this is a trope within the genre we're supposed to do but yeah and was asking me when they were doing the training like montage thing she's like what is going on and i'm like it's obviously the progression of time and her skill <laughs> have you was... ever seen a movie and <laughs> well no she it was just more just, she was kind of she was very perplexed by the dialect mm. of the amazonians um everyone's kind of israeli <laughs> a, little, a little israeli everyone's a little bit israeli a little bit rock and roll what if they were all just making fun of gal what if that's just what they were doing that, like their uh, direction was oh we're all just gonna make fun of her <laughs> oh i actually thought of my other pet peeve because mm -hmm. this was also an earlier discussion i had today was chris pine pretending to be a german officer and rather than speaking german he just has a german accent and we're just expected and i i had a comment about it where i was like the only german soldier i i will ever i'm going to now rate all other german spy like soldiers 
uh, with Michael Fassbender and Inglorious Bastards, because that's how you do it when you only fuck up because of your fingers. Yep. And three, three, three. Um, because that was that was awesome, and that is the bar I will set. But yeah, it was brought to my attention, and I was like, "Yep, this is this is not not great." Especially I mean, when they not- made a point out of saying that Samir spoke a bunch of languages. Like, why wasn't Samir useful and was speaking yeah. German? Like, they, like Charlie never got to take the shot and, you know, fix himself. Yeah. And Samir never got to do that. And Chief was... He did smoke well, signals. Well, he made smoke signals. So I guess that completed his character arc of, I promise I'd never make smoke signals again. <laughs> Oh, I'll make smoke signals fine. <laughs> Your journey is complete, Chief. <laughs> For the country. Um, um, so I think my... I have a few little favorite parts now that I think about, but they're like kind of little snapshots more than full things. Uh, I would say one is that seed. The seed itself was not like anything so insane, but that scene of her walking through the the grand hall with the the sword was great. I liked it better in the trailer, but it was really great still. Also, I would say her walking up the ladder in No Man's Land was just really badass and I loved that. Like what and, a reveal for the the full armor too. Oh yeah, it was good and just like you hadn't seen it and then she took the cape off and she's just going for it. And also soon after that when they're in the village. In the village, I have mixed feelings about them doing all that because of what happens later on. Spoiler alert, everyone that they save dies. But when they have that piece of metal and they're like, uh, and they're like, Diana, shield. And like, she like runs and she jumps onto the sheet metal and then like flies into the church tower. And like the church, like the whole like top part just like crumbles. I did really like that. And I like the Aries. Diana square off. I like the... I think, honestly, have you ever watched Kingsman? Yes, yes I have. Okay, so there's something to be said to me about villains where they're... Yes, they're bad, but they're, they make a point. Oh, yeah. And, like, Samuel L. Jackson, his speech impediment choice aside in that movie, um, which I will never understand... He had an interesting idea, and they that made sense. Yeah. And I liked that. But I liked that Ares was like, yeah, some of these people, it's not, it's just me whispering. Like, I'm just giving a suggestion. It's their choice to take it this way. Yeah. And I did like that, that speech. It was a strong villain, which I loved that it was a strong villain. It's, as I've said with other things, it's kind of what I had hoped with James Spader and James, Age of Ultron. And it was just so voice reliant, whereas you have David Thewlis and who's able to do this and it just feels like the intent is there. And that's what I want in a comic book villain. Someone that is just has all these layers. He was very Machiavellian, but also just like like a creature of need. Like this is just what he does. And this is this is the nature of man. And every I, I I think all of us kind of enjoy villains that try to pull the mask off society or, Mm -hmm. you know, point out that the emperor is naked or whatever. They see the world differently. That's their whole thing is that we're all sheep 
and it's a little bit different through their eyes. Like they're the only one who's awake because it's it's compelling on some level about a myriad of things. All of us feel like on certain days we're the only one who gets it. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else is wrong or the world is crazy or there's just a problem that no one else is addressing. And it's such a human thing to feel that it makes for a really compelling villain. Whereas like Ludendorff, I, I'm bad. Because <laughs> I'm German. Yeah. I mean, and I do you, drugs. You don't rely so heavily on a German accent. Yeah. And be bad. Oh, so rough. So, so rough. But, but yeah, yeah what was your favorite part? My favorite part was honestly when she chewed out the Brits in their war cabinet meeting. When she oh, was telling them, this is not, you know, this is not how generals should behave. This is not how you lead men. This is, you know, this is terrible. You are condemning people to die. Your choices mm-hmm. matter and you're cowards. You're, you're not acting like men. Like you are, it was so, A, it was well acted. It was so honest. She was con- condemning the shit out of them. And it's true of how war is fought now. Like we make tactical decisions and we have acceptable losses and acceptable casualties, but you know, people lead from armchairs and bunkers and they're the realities of the ground. While they can be factually reported and you can have video. If you're not there, like Patton may have been a crazy son of a bitch in that movie but he's shooting at a plane on the front lines. <laughs> like, that's a guy you want to follow. He's just crazy. Um, but he's there with you crazy. Uh, no, but I, I... That with my political leanings and my beliefs and everything. Yeah, I was, like, was going to say. Fucking, fucking right. That was great. And the whole... The entire trench scene, the entire no man's land scene. Yeah. was awesome especially because nobody was like that's no man's land she didn't say i'm no man <laughs> or something i was like please don't please don't say it please yeah, don't comment about it being no man's land just let that exist don't anyone say anything i would have punched something right i was like lord of the rings did it first <laughs> well in sticking with uh in theme and hijacking your other uh podcast what would be the alternate title for wonder woman <clears throat> Clash of the Titans. Ooh, Smoke Signals. Smoke Signals. <laughs> and a, so a movie that's already been a title. <laughs> oh, Sherman Alexi. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go with Clash of the Titans colon Smoke Signals. <laughs> oh, I really like that. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was gonna say. One step forward for women, two steps back for racial caricatures. <laughs> I like that. Um, how would you rate this as far as superhero mo- movies go for you? That's a lot to rate. Um, well, I'd say let's talk about the... as a, Starting with, I suppose, the Marvel Phase 1 going on. Like, not including... The first three Spider-Men. Spider-Man. The British version. Well, that's that's a challenge because I honestly love X2. 
I think X2 is a fantastic movie. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about... Yeah, that's the thing. The X-Men, Deadpool franchise, I always forget. And I also sometimes struggle with bringing in... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy because I feel like it's just this whole other, other thing. thing and I think and I think I'm gonna see it that way until after Infinity Wars and then it's all gonna feel of a piece but you know what I miss and I can't wait to see how they decide to use him in the near future but Blade the first two Blade movies were great really you didn't like the third one with Ryan Reynolds I never saw it I refused to see it as soon as Ryan. they said in the trailer that she was Whistler's daughter and that Ryan Reynolds was in it I hadn't really forgiven Ryan Reynolds from X-Men Origins Wolverine which I know wasn't his fault, but... Uh... I had a conversation about Ryan Reynolds being technically three different superhero mm-hmm. characters. And then I realized I am a hypocrite. And I will acknowledge why I'm a hypocrite about this. Is because uh, J.K. Simmons is going to be Gordon mm. in Justice League. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about that. When the fact is... He's already gotten his, like, secondary character in Spider-Man. And there really hasn't been someone to overshadow him. And so he will always be that. And I am still excited because I just like him as a as an actor. I think he's a really awesome human. And also, you know, U of M alumni. Mm. Woo! Um, and, you know. I would put yeah. this, I would put this in my top ten superhero movies easy. Um... Probably the top five. I, I think top five for me for sure. Yeah, I'd have to sit down and put pen to paper, but I have to see it again though. Yeah. I wanna watch As I, I wanna watch it at home too. where I can pause and be like stunt person, CGI, or actually Gil Gadot. I wanna I wanna play that game. Gadot. Gadot, 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 yeah. Gadot. It's Israeli, not French. You're not that French. That was how you got well I know I'm not. Never 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 even assumed I was. Um, no, I was corrected recently, or I was said I was asked, "Did you know that her last name is Gadot?" And I'm like, "Nope, definitely been pronouncing it Gadot." Gadot. Like, like I'm just always waiting for her, so I just assumed. Too much. That was really <laughs> funny to like three people, none of whom listened to this podcast. And they're still gonna be laughing in Act Two. <laughs> uh. No, it was. I, I'd put it above. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd put it above a lot. Um, I um, I recently watched Doctor Strange because I missed it in theaters. Boy, I got some problems with that movie. I really do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it was visually spectacular, but I got some problems, yo. Like some real legit problems. Anyways, um, well, I mean, it's a very weird prequel for Rogue One. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. That was another really bad joke. I'm just I'm batting two and two. Yeah, it's all, uh, right. It's all right. I would love to see... Um, you know what's a, another movie that I would like to do a deep dive with you on? Even though I don't what? think it'll be a cultural phenomenon like this. Um, a, we should definitely do the new Spider-Man. Oh, of course. But also, um, the new one coming out on Netflix at the end of the month with Tilda Swinton... Um, and Paul Dano and oh. Steven Yoon and it's called Bach? No, it's, um, hold on. I'm going to find it really quick. Do it. Cause I have no idea what you're talking about, which is. Okja. 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 Yeah. I- I'll look oh. at the trailer. And- I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you because it's an okay. amazing trailer. 
Are, are you excited for Broad City? Speaking of trailers. Yeah, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, the only person I need to share this with is Dan. Yeah, it made me real happy. Like, legit happy. Our friendship makes me really happy. And Aww. Broad City kind of in a weird way reminds me of our friendship, mainly just because of the theme song. But still. Yeah, I'm going to I, I'm going to send you this trailer and then you're going to tell me what you think. But Sounds good. I think we've just become a movie podcast. I think uh, I like I like alternating a little bit, but uh, I yeah. think maybe we, you... we do one one on one off on the movies because I've gotten really good feedback from people. I mean, if people don't me like too. it, you know, tweet us and tell us to shut up, but I've heard really good things for the most part about our, and particularly with our comic book love. Oh yeah. I recommend to anyone listening to read Secret uh, Secret Histories of Wonder Woman. Very interesting film uh, book, and a lot of backstory to to Wonder Woman. If you're if you've ever wondered why she is how she is. And my recommendation would be Grant Morrison's Wonder Woman Earth One graphic novel. A little kinky, a little uh, a little out there. Very nice art. Um, or pick up Greg Rucka's. Um, any of Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman, he's written Wonder Woman on and off for about 15 years. Uh, he's phenomenal. He writes women extremely well, but his most recent since DC Rebirth uh, kind of sets up cohesive canon for the character, not unlike how this film did. So if you were a fan of the movie, like you'll probably like the new Greg Rucka run. I also just read the first Archie like graphic novel the new archie like I, the mark wade yeah I, I i yeah i read the new archie uh because i was uh i was intrigued because i grew up with archie and then i gave it to my niece this weekend because her mom gave me all of her archies when i was growing up and so i felt like it was a nice like full circle thing Aww. um it was pretty cute but yeah so based on this movie though this is my last question how are you feeling about justice league Trepidly excited. Okay. Because I think the trailer so far and everything, I kind of, I kind of get the type of movie I'm going to get. I don't know how much, out of respect for the circumstances, Joss Whedon will actually change in the movie, but mm -hmm. I think he will fix a lot of little stupid things that are going to bug me. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Something about. Zack Snyder that I feel happens with the trailers at least is I feel like you go in thinking you're going to get a different kind of movie and yeah. so I'm curious about that but I'm bananas excited about Ezra Miller as Barry Allen like I I really I feel like he's kind of perfect and I'm going to go home tonight and watch uh, season 2 of Flash now on Netflix Woohoo! yeah because um, I'm pretty cool uh, but yeah, I'm, I am, I'm similarly, I'm, ex I'm nervous, but I'm excited and I, I cannot wait for us to review that and Spider-Man Homecoming. I think my favorite is going to be though this season, Thor Ragnarok, man. It's just, I know him from work. We might, that might be like a, a three hour podcast special. We're just going to recount every moment in the movie and then talk about it. And then remember minutes. when Jeff Goldblum came in and it was just like, and it's Jeff was, Goldblum. And he said, life finds a way. Wait. Life uh, uh, finds a way. That's true. Life uh, fi finds a way. Like, it's so, so Bloom, Jeff Goldblumy. It's so Bloomberg. Yeah, it was I so agree. Bloomberg. 
It's like, oh, the Paris Climate Accords. It's like, son, they don't even really do anything. It's a gentleman's agreement. It ain't law. <laughs> Let's just bang this tiny gavel. <laughs> gavel, 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 oh. gavel. <laughs> I'm gonna bang it again. Gavel, 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 gavel. gavel. You know who needs to be in the Paris Accords? Paris Hilton. Wonder Woman. Slow Claps and Rewrites is painstakingly produced by Adair Rice and Daniel Crary. It is edited with extreme prejudice by Adair Rice. Slow Claps and Rewrites is a part of the Secret Weapon Productions Library. Copyright MMXVII. 2017. All rights reserved. Until we've been dead for 70 years.